Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, December 16th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is excited to talk Montreal Canadiens today. Always fun. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers to keep up to date on all of our episodes, Flyers news. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam, and you can find Russ Cohen here on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to preview tonight's matchup against said Montreal Canadiens with our good friends over at Locked On Canadiens, Scott Matla and Laura Saba. Then we will wrap up with a prospect profile of Zachariah Wisdom. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network. Uh, real quickly, before we get into our conversation with the Locked On Canadiens folks, just want to give you a heads up. We recorded this episode on Thursday morning, so any news that may come out over the rest of the day, we will make sure to cover in tomorrow's episode. All right. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, we are thrilled to welcome our friends over at Lockdown Canadians to preview tonight's matchup. And welcome, Scott and Laura. Thank you for having us. It's always fun to chat with fellow fans and currently fellow sufferers of yes. this current NHL season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Scott, what do you think the main reasons for the Habs taking such a big fall after that miraculous cup run last year. How many episodes do you have? Uh, I, we could fill a week if we <laughs> needed to, but the team never accurately or properly replaced the pieces that left. Uh, Carey Price obviously had off-season surgery, entered player assistance, and is getting back to into game shape right now. We do not know when he will be ready. Uh, Jeff Gordon and Dominique Ducharme have both said not before Christmas at the earliest. Shea Weber is likely done for his career after a multitude of injuries piled up and Lord knows what he played through in the playoffs last year. And Philip Deneau departed for Los Angeles because Mark Bergevin didn't want to up his contract offer on that. And then the pieces they brought in to replace these guys, David Savard, a Mike Hoffman, Christian Dvorak, everybody's been hurt. The team just isn't meshing and everything that can go wrong uh, has gone wrong so far this season. There's almost $53 million on the injured reserve list right now. And the team is just a shell. It's, it's not pretty. And even when they were healthy though, the coaching staff just has not figured out what to do. Everything is a panic move. It is never proactive. It is always reactive only. What's the temperature so far uh, in Montreal with Jeff Gordon as the uh, president of Hockey Ops? I personally like Gordon. I think he did a good job with the Rangers. Do the fans like that selection? There is. You know what happened is I think that as soon as the front office uh, changing changes were announced, uh, to put it in a nice way, there was a surge of hope in the um, 
in the organization. I think a lot of people are still a little bit apprehensive because they're not sure how this leadership structure is going to work because it seems very much like I think I think people are tentative and hesitant because they're wondering if the person that they hire as GM is instead somebody that's going to be installed to be the face of the organization while Jeff Gordon's going to be the brains, even though the the team is insisting like Jeff Molson, Jeff Gordon, they're both insisting that it's going to be some somewhat of an equal partnership between the general manager and, and the president or the vice president of hockey operations, sorry. Uh, in any other organization, this would be the president of hockey operations. Right. Uh, I think People are excited about uh, the fact that he said that he's not afraid of the of a rebuild and that he will be transparent. Uh, he did seem to show an understanding of the language uh, requirements of this of this market, and it's something that I know a lot of people outside of Montreal have talked and lamented, and they tell us, you know, just hire the best person. And I think people who usually interact with with the Montreal Canadians from outside of Montreal, they're usually English speaking and they don't, they don't really realize just 70% of this province does not speak English, literally. And so when you're looking at the one team in this province where most people are, e are either French speaking or bilingual, but primarily French, there's definitely a need for the face of the organization to be able to communicate with the fans in French. Now, nobody's saying, or the people who are saying he has to be French Canadian born here, or it has to be a he or anything like that. Those are the people we're not listening to, but somebody who is going to be the face of the organization is going to have to explain his moves and his decisions to the media and the fan base in a language that is theirs. So if it's somebody who learned French, if it's somebody who, speak French, who speaks French, if it's somebody who's making the effort to improve their French, I think the fans will be happy. But I also feel like people right now, they're not sure what to expect. There's a little bit of, of nervousness. There's a, a big air of anticipation, but we're still trying to gauge how is this, this power structure gonna work? And we wanna see, it looks like right now, they're headed for a rebuild. It doesn't matter what they decide, the on ice product is doing it for them. So uh, it remains to be seen. I think people, people are kind of resigned to the fact that we're going to lose some faces we love. And uh, they're excited that the Canadians are going to, it looks like, at least until it's official, we're speculating, that they're going to go all in on a rebuild so that they can have multiple years of contending as opposed to fluke runs, no matter how far they go. So one of the names that has been rumored to be on that list is uh, one that's familiar to Flyers fans, and that's Danny Briere. <laughs> what do you guys think I thought you were going to say that? Patrick Waugh for a minute. I was going to be like, I swear to God, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> we only do it on every episode. <laughs> so Danny Breer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I, there, there are a couple of former players that right now are working in some sort of hockey management or operations that have come up. The Canadians are also said to be interviewing at least three women for the position or at least vetting three women for the position. So it looks like they're casting the net far and wide. It does seem, though, right now that they're they don't have any indication. They're not giving us any indication of who they've chosen. A lot of people are just kind of like not Patrick Raw, or a lot of people are like, "Hey, Matthew Darsh is doing great things." You know, he he did some, he did a whole bunch of stuff before he got back into hockey or something like that. I think in general, they're looking as they're looking as far and wide as possible for somebody who's going to be a good fit with Jeff Gordon. I think 
I think that's fair. But I also feel like there's a vision that they're going to have to sell this person and this person has to be all for that vision. As far as Danny Briere goes, when he was in Montreal, he was still money in the playoffs. He didn't perform as, as, as people expected him to, but he was still money in the playoffs. Like he was still a fan favorite, right? Like a hometown boy and everything. So I feel like it would be a welcome move in the market. But I also think that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced that the Canadians are going to go with somebody new. They groom. I think that they're going to go with somebody who has management experience, but that might be from outside of hockey or only tangentially related to hockey. That's the instinct that I have, but it's just, it's, that's literally just me. Nobody plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And there's here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you the, their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face the one on face one on one. This never before seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are four times better. Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. You are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play. And Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be one-on-one. Sign up free right now at StatHero.com hockey and use promo code hockey. For a 100% deposit match, that's StatHero.com hockey. Use promo code hockey. For a 100% match, stathero.com slash hockey, promo code hockey, terms and conditions apply. I've been hearing a lot about Stance Apparel lately, especially because they just launched a new line of active apparel. Plus, it's holiday gifting time and Stance is the coolest gift you can give. I cannot tell you how incredibly comfortable and well-made their socks and shirts and joggers and hoodies are. And Stance is miles above the boring old socks and underwear and apparel that we'd always have to settle for back in the day. Stance changed that mindset by offering color, comfort, and creativity like no other. Stance represents a radical reinvention of socks and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside a pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. They've even got cool collabs that I love like Star Wars and Marvel socks to name a few. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself, register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Do you think that Caden Primo can be a 1B in that market? I mean, I've I've covered him. I, I thought he was great in the bean pot. I have a lot of faith in him. I don't know if uh, what you hear from the media there and from the fans there, but uh, what is the feeling about Caden Primo's future? Last year in the games he got inside the Canadian bubble, he didn't look great, but the team was also struggling. There was a lot of rebound issues and there were 
just technical struggles with his game where he'd start well, but if he allowed the first goal or a goal, there was always a second one that always shortly followed it up. And it was a bit of a composure thing in this season. He's basically wrestled the rocket net for himself. He started six straight games and he's been immense in net there. He has a calmness between the pipes where he is. There are no wasted movements. Everything is more fluid. Everything is more put together and he looks a lot more like a polished product than he has in the past where he's looked like it for stretches and then the wheels come off a little bit and then he finds his form again. This is the first year I've seen him and I go, I see an NHL goaltender regularly in this right now. I like a lot of what he does. He's composed. Even if get, the game is getting away from the team in front of him, he is there to back them up and get them back into it. And I do think that he will be in Montreal before the end of the season. Obviously, Samuel Montembeau is not a long-term solution, no. and you can't start Jake Allen 60 games <laughs> behind this defense. He's They're facing 40 shots a night. Jake Allen is going to turn to dust. And depending on Carey Price and the trade deadline and everything else, I do think Caden Primo has NHL starter qualities. And now that he's kind of found that composed game, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get some time in the NHL, but I don't think they want to rush him, especially behind whatever the hell this mess is right now, because that just might, it's the kind of thing that could put a roadblock up on that path as he's advancing forward here in his career. So what have been the bright spots on the ice this season? I know everything seems like it's gone to hell for your team and for our team, which, you know, it is what it is to quote Alain Vigneault, but (laughs) Um, what, what have some of the bright spots been for the Habs? Hmm. I, (laughs) okay. It's not great that we had to pause for that. It's not great. (laughs) That's never a good sign. (laughs) It's because this kind of stuff gets lost in the rest of the team, not playing well. I will say that Jake Allen has played really well and that's been a joy to watch. Uh, I think Alexander Romanov, especially in the last few weeks, has really come into his own as somebody who is going to get in the face of the opponent and he's going to throw checks. We love a big clean hit in Montreal. That's what you're going to get from him. Uh, and uh, he's been he's been exciting to watch. I think, uh, you know, with with uh, Matthias Norlinder, he was not utilized a lot on the Montreal team, but he's taken the steps that we've wanted him to take because we've been waiting for him to cross over and come to come to Montreal for a long time. We don't think he's quite ready yet, but we think that, you know, this year is going to prepare him. So we're excited about his future, his very near future. Uh, I also think that we've been looking at a lot of prospects. That's one. Jonathan Drouin has been a bright spot. He's found his game. Uh, Josh Anderson, when not injured, has has played with this determination that is a beautiful thing to watch. Unfortunately, he hasn't changed games in the way that we would want him to or in the way that he would want to. But the fact that, you know, every night, no matter how dire the situation, he goes out and he tries his best. And he and Drew have found this chemistry that we love. Nick Suzuki is showing flashes of the contract that he's going to live up to. You know, we're we're, we're confident Mm -hmm. about that. We just think that a lot of these players, if utilized differently on the ice, would be showing a lot more promise. So it's it's not fun. The system is not great. The system is not existing. Uh, the special teams are not that great. The defense is literally confused about how to tie their skates some nights. And at the same time, 
Michael Pizzetta, for example, is bringing a lot of joy to, to the Canadians fans, even though he's started to get into trouble now. Uh, I, I, I feel like there, there are little moments that you have that you kind of have to cling to if you want to find joy in this season. They're not, they're few and far between. And the AHL team is doing well. There you go. My uh, one more question for me. Uh, I, I really like Ryan Paling. I know he's had some concussion issues and some other things, but it seems like every time he does get a few moments, he does start to perform. And then it does seem like the Canadians just pull the plug on him for whatever reason and send him back to the AHL. And I'm just kind of wondering, and maybe it won't be with Ducharme because I don't think Ducharme will be there next year, but that's just me. But will he ever get a long look with this team? I think he's earning it this year. Yeah. He got sent down after the preseason where he admittedly didn't play well, played really well for the rocket in a handful of games, got mm-hmm. called up. And then he's looked a lot more prominent than he has in the past during his call-ups. And one, what helps is Ducharme has no choice, but to play him. He doesn't have any centers right now. Yeah. Laurent Dauphin is centering the second line in Montreal tonight, which is Oof. blowing my mind because Ryan Paling should be centering the second line. But he's earning those spots. Evans is out with injury. Christian Dvorak's out. They don't want to play Matthew Perot at center, which is fine with me. I think he's earned his place next year, and we're going to see him push for that middle six role. And like you said, I don't expect Ducharme to be here next year. And I think Paling's more than earned that spot. He's looked a lot better this year and even last year in the AHL before he was unfortunately injured at the end of last season. He had season-ending surgery before the playoffs or – I think he would have been potentially given that same spot Jake Evans was. So the future will be there for Ryan Paling. It took a little bit longer than I think some Habs fans wanted, but it's paying off right now because I'm seeing a lot more from Paling in his NHL time that I like, even if the points aren't always there than I have in the past. Well, I think it'll be an interesting matchup overall between these two teams. I I was thinking about it when... um, the Flyers fired AV and Michelle Tarian, where the Flyers and Habs did the opposite of each other, where the Habs fired the management team and kept the coach. And we fired the coaches and kept the management team. And like, which team is it going to work out better for in the end? Who knows? But, um, you know, we'll see if, if the staffing stays the same going into next year as well. Do you have uh, any final thoughts for Flyers fans? Uh, don't lose to a team that's playing Laurent Dauphin as a second mm-hmm. line center. Um, <laughs> if you do, it means Ducharme's going to keep doing it and he's not going to know why it worked. Please don't let, I don't want, no, just don't let us win. <laughs> okay. Please. We'll or try. at least let us make it close, like make it look good, but then like crush our souls. Like, like Tampa did last week. We can accept that. All right, we'll we'll do our best. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, Thank you, you for so having much. us. Yeah. Got beard, get primal. You heard me right. Got beard, get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. They help others look good and live healthier lives through the use of natural oils. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Check out primaloriginoils.com 
To learn more about their full line of beard care products, use the code LOCKEDON for a 20% discount at checkout. The combo kits make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. Most companies focus on fragrance first, and that leads to a product that doesn't feel good on the skin. We took a step back and focused on the ingredients first to ensure that product feels great and smells fantastic. Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel in beard to the other companies you've used. We promise you will see the difference. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Use the code locked on at checkout for 20% off primaloriginoils.com. Once again, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. They've got nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, including us. Listen to Locked On Now on your favorite podcasting platform, or you can watch it over on YouTube. All right, Russ, I am excited about this prospect profile because as you might have heard in the intro, we're going to talk about Zachariah Wisdom. And if that name sounds familiar, it should. It is the brother of Flyers prospect Zade Wisdom. Uh, Brother Zachariah is currently 17 years old. He's a right wing and is draft eligible this upcoming year. He's currently on Cedar Rapids in the USHL Developmental League. Uh, He's got two goals and five assists for seven points in 19 games played. And he had a pretty strong regular season last year with 18 points in 28 games played. And this is something I want to talk to you about specifically. He apparently rocked the playoffs, uh, six goals, four assists in 10 games. Yeah, he he's an interesting player. Uh, I did write all about him. People can go to sportsology.com and read the article. But uh, he is a guy that I don't think knows what his potential is yet. He he has really good skating ability. I actually think he, he will be a better skater than his brother. He, you know, he calls himself somewhat of a playmaker, but there are times that, where he definitely can playmake. But when you're playing for a team... Uh, in the USHL like that, sometimes you have to be playmaker. Sometimes you have to be Tom Wilson. Sometimes you have to be goal scorer in the playoffs and go to the net. He could do all those things. And I think as he gets bigger and stronger, he could end up being either in the Tom Wilson role or just one of these truculent hard guys to play against. And, you know, I actually would look at him if I were the Flyers. I don't often advocate drafting brothers and those kinds of things because it's just an easy kind of lazy narrative sometimes but if he were there middle of the draft you know fourth round third round fourth round fifth round I'd really have to consider it because these guys are very tight and let's face it Zachariah has learned a lot from Zaid and I think keeping them both in the fold could actually be really good for the Flyers too as an organization just to kind of keep that sort of like familial feeling. But but getting back to his play, smart. He does take a few too many penalties right now, but they're not really the lazy kind. It's more like when uh, he either gets mad or decides to be a little more physical in a league that he's in right now, they're going to call it a little more. So I think it's really just a situation of that. But if you ask me, you know, what type of talent he is, I think he is a... Middle six guy, probably a third liner, but he could play a fourth line too. Again, it would depend on the coach. Right. So you said he's a middle of the draft kind of guy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but you gave like a, a wide swath of rounds. Like, do you have any thoughts? Like, if anybody has is has their eye on him right now, or is he somebody that people are paying a ton of attention to, or is he kind of like just kind of doing his thing in the background? Yeah, I, I cast a fairly large net right now because it still is early in the in the drafting season. I mean, he played at the Fall Classic, and there were over a hundred scouts there. I think there were 150. So definitely teams noticed him. Uh, I'm sure the Flyers are tracking him as well. So, you know, if I had to guess how many teams would be interested in him, I'd say a good 15 or 20. I haven't had any discussions with anybody about him yet. I probably will. I might even do it now (laughs) because I'm at uh, at a game where a lot of scouts are coming. So I'll get a feel for that down the road, but I'm sure he is being watched because, again, his brother has kind of paved the way for him. And as we know, you look around the league, there's a lot of brother combinations in the league. Yeah, that's always one of my favorite things, even when they're on opposite teams. I think it's kind of fun to see brothers play with each other or against each other in the mm-hmm. NHL. Um, even at the AHL level, there's some fun brother combinations there. And have you seen in terms of who's in whose shadow here? between the two brothers like is it very clear that Zachariah is like looks up to Zade or is it kind of more of a rival relationship no no no. he looks up to him uh Zade has been a constant influence in his life and every time he's risen a level uh it's given Zachariah like the hope and the drive to kind of keep pushing so he's definitely the uh the role model here and, and that's good. I mean, that's, you know, again, sometimes players can't see a path when they're even at Zachariah's age. It's still kind of like muddled. And he could just, you know, look at him and say, wow, look how close he's getting. Look what my brother did in the AHL last year. You know, he watched all of those games, Zachariah did. And, you know, that meant a lot to him. So just imagine, you know, the day that Zay gets, you know, his NHL debut that would really fire Zachariah up as well. So it, that's a good a good process for him. That sounds amazing. I love that sort of thing. Uh, you mentioned that he maybe takes a few too many penalties. Is there anything else specific you think he needs to work on? Yeah, just just patience and uh, patience on on offense. Patience on maybe when to go to the net. His coach kind of preaches it to him. He's still. Uh, I think learning how to think the game at the next level. So sometimes he knows exactly what play to make. Sometimes he'll come in a little late in the play because he sees it developing and then says, all right, yeah, let me, let me try and get in on this. So I think, I think he's got to learn that right moment and that's, that's hard to do, but I will tell you something that I, I, I hope, I hope the NHL combine comes back this year. And if it does, he's very excited about that. And, I, I, both of the wisdoms are really good athletes. So if he has a chance to shine at the combine, you know, that could put him like in the third round. That would be a big deal. The combine has helped a lot of players where you already knew they could play in the NHL, but then you sort of looked at the other attributes uh, as an example, like Mackenzie Blackwood. He, he was the furthest long jumper, broad jumper in, in his class and maybe ever. 
And when you see that, you say, all right, well, what, what does that do for a goalie? Well, that's like core strength, right? Like that's leg right. strength, core, core strength. So there's things that you can derive, even though we're watching them do these silly things or seemingly silly things on the floor, there are things you can derive from that. Well, we will definitely keep an eye out on him. And yeah, if he does show up at a combine, we will see how he does. I, I hope for good things for him and uh, maybe we'll see another wisdom on the Flyers. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, of course, had to go into the Flyers versus Habs history for this one. And I, I don't know how many of you out there were alive for this, but Russ and I certainly were. <laughs> but yeah. in 1987, uh, there was a pregame brawl that happened ahead of a game. And it, it was amazing where uh, Claude Lemieux back in the day had this ritual of shooting a puck into the opponent's uh, net during warmups. And the Flyers were having none of that. And came out there and there was like a full-on brawl and one of the fun things about this incident is that uh ron hextall who would often get involved in these things uh was held off the ice so that he wouldn't get hurt (laughs) or ejected prior to the game smart move uh i don't remember this specifically but leading up to that era and this in this era it wasn't uncommon those kinds of things happen. But what even when I first started covering, like in 2000, you still would have moments where when the teams were warming up and they kind of were at center ice, they would start jawing at each other, or at least the enforcers would. And sometimes things would happen. Uh, sometimes it happened right when the puck dropped. Sometimes it would happen shortly after. Sometimes it would happen in warm-ups. You don't really see that anymore. That was a fun thing. It really was. I used to enjoy that. I admit it. Yeah, you could kind of see what the level of tension was going to be in the game yes. to come. And that was like a, a good indicator of what to expect. So, yeah. And listen, Claude, Claude Lemieux was a rat. Everybody knew it, oh, but he yeah. could play hockey. <laughs> yeah. All right. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We'll be back again tomorrow with a recap of tonight's game versus Montreal. We'll talk about the game against the Ottawa Senators coming up. And then, of course, our gritty thing of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ, and I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.